Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So most of you that have been watching my videos know I've been talking about the inversion of the yield curve. Boy, for at least the last nine months, but no recession. I mean, everything's good. So you've got to ask the question, is George Gammon wrong about the yield curve? Or what would make me wrong? Maybe this is, it is different this time. Maybe we're not going to have a recession. Maybe the, the Fed is going to engineer a perfect landing. The unemployment rate is going to stay low. Inflation is going to come down. And the economy is going to boom. Maybe George is just an idiot. Maybe he's just fear-mongering, for heaven's sakes. Well, there are no certainties, only possible or only probabilities. So that is possible. But let's get into this article from Bloomberg, and maybe we can kind of sift through this a little bit more and uh, answer this legitimate question. Here we go. Title, is the yield curve really wrong this time? And remember, those are the two most dangerous words in investing. It's different this time. Let's keep going. Just like all the other times, the best bet might be to assume not. <laughs> and again, this is from Bloomberg. This is not George Gammon and his tinfoil hat. And more specifically, this is from a guy named John Step Stepak, Stepak. And I guess he is with Money Distilled. All right. Unyielding, hard landing, soft landing, no landing, trampoline landing. It's the question that's on everyone's lips. Well, maybe not everyone's, but if you're paying any attention to the market, it certainly crossed your mind. Absolutely. He goes on to point out that every U.S. recession since at least the end of World War II has been preceded by an inverted yield curve with very few false alarms. Actually, I can be more accurate with one false alarm in 1964-65, but the economy still went down or still uh, the GDP still declined quite significantly over the next couple of years. An inverted curve is what you get when yield on the longer term. Okay, we know that. And this is key. And I talk about this all the time. This inversion is significant and unusual. That's what people have to realize. That if the long-term interest rates are lower, then that that is really, really abnormal. It should never, ever, 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 ever be like that. <laughs> Why? And he gets into it right here. Because in normal times, you'd expect to be paid more interest for lending over a longer period of time. Makes sense. The fact that you don't implies the market fears we're heading for tougher times. So then they go over a paper from Arturo Estrella and Mary R. Trubin of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. <laughs> now this goes back to 2006. But the punchline here is they point out that the spread between the three-month and 10-year, we always talk about the two-year, 10-year, because that's kind of easiest, but the three-month, 10-year, that is very, very, that has very strong predictive powers. And they say uh, this is an excellent, excellent uh, yield curve to consider when you're trying to figure out the probabilities of a recession. And now they've gone, they, the Fed have gone so far to say the near term forward spread, which is just basically taking today's three month uh, treasury yield interest rate and then predicting and then looking at what the market is predicting the interest rate will be on that same maturity in 18 months. And uh, that, of course, is inverted as well. So they show this chart that I used in the thumbnail where they go back to the 1960s. Oh, you can see that one false positive that we got right there in 1964, 65, something like that. But outside of that, going all the way back. Oh, and by the way, you know, you have to look at the economic, the other economic conditions in 1962. And then you have to compare those to all of the economic conditions that we have today or the economic metrics in addition to 
the yield curve. And it would tell a much, much different story than we see today. And the curve was inverted by, I don't know, call it 20 basis points, just kind of ballparking that or just eyeballing it. Where now it's inverted by 100 basis points. Looks like it was actually inverted by far more than 100 basis points. So then they go into, but, but, but this time it is different. So let's go over this argument. It is, of course, entirely possible that the yield curve is giving a false signal this time. Again, no certainties, only probabilities. Voices such as Goldman Sachs and uh, extremely smart market-focused economist Ed Yardini have been explaining why the curve might not be right this time. If you listen to the arguments, you'll find them very convincing because they are. The problem is people say this stuff every single time the yield curve inverts, and that's true. I mean, I have been going back, as, as most of you know, and reading some of the archived editions of the Wall Street Journal, more specifically in the 1940s, but I have kind of poked my head around looking at the dot-com stuff, looking at the GFC stuff. And even in 2008, they're saying the exact same thing. Oh, the yield curve is dead. It's different this time. Why? Oh, the unemployment rate's low. Pretty much the exact same thing you hear today, absolutely verbatim. So perhaps a more interesting question, they say, is how long it might take for the uh, before we can say that the curve is wrong, that George Gammon has been warning us this whole time, and it's been for nothing. He told me that I should be worrying about risk when I sat here on the sidelines and I lost out on all of these gains. I mean, this is the typical argument that I get. So what would lead me to that conclusion? What would lead George Gammon to that conclusion where I would come out and, and make a video saying that it is definitive. Now, according to the way I see global macroeconomics and the yield curve, it is true. I was wrong. The yield curve predicted a false positive as far as a recession, and the yield curve is dead. We should ignore it. And it is true what all those people were saying. This time, it's different. So what would cause George Gammon to do that? It is weird to talk about myself in the third person, by the way. <laughs> I was watching clips of The Rock last night. I think that's kind. Of, <laughs> I think that's kind of seeped into my 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 terminology here. So, where I would say that I am wrong and the yield curve is wrong is if it is no longer inverted. But it's no longer inverted because the ten-year goes back above. Fed funds or goes back above the short end of the curve, not because the front end of the curve comes back down. Because as this person points out that what we should look out for, and I'll read it here, another key point of the curve inversion, which you can observe in the chart, is that the recession always happens after the curve started to uninvert or steepen to give its proper, more elegant name. In most cases, it goes back above zero before recession actually kicks in. Though given how far it's fallen this time, I wouldn't necessarily expect that. I would. Here's where I disagree with you. I would. Be, why? Because it's happened every single time in the past. So if it's happened almost every single time in the past, you know, who am I to say that it's not going to happen this time? I try to keep things pretty simple when it comes to investing. And if something has happened 10 out of 11 times, I just, that becomes my base case. It's not rocket science. <laughs> hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as 
Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Getting back to what he's talking about when the curve is no longer inverted, that's because the front end of the curve goes back down usually because the Fed is dropping rates because they recognize that we are in a recession. There's some sort of crisis situation, GFC, black swan event, et cetera. It's, it's never because, although maybe I shouldn't say never, because maybe it was in the 1960s. I'd have to go back and look, but it almost never steepens as a result of the 10 year going up. It's always a result of the two year, the three month going down. You see, and that's a big, big differentiation. Why? Because let's think this through. The Fed right now, Jerome Powell specifically, is really thinking about his legacy. He wants to be seen as Paul Volcker, not Arthur Burns. So everyone thinks that if inflation comes back down, let's say the Fed's target 2%, that all of a sudden they're going to drop rates right back down to zero and you know we're off to the races. Why? Why? Why would they do that? You, you know, you're assuming that the Fed funds being at 5% or roughly 5%, is the equivalent of Fed funds being at 20% back in Volcker times. No, 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 absolutely not. Just look at historic interest rates. The, Fed, the historic Fed funds rate, just the average, is right around where we are right now. So we're not even close to above average. If we're right on that number, why would the Fed drop rates? Assuming that we don't have a recession. Assuming that we have this nice soft landing or no landing at all. And assuming that the level of inflation continues to come down slightly, or even if it stays around 3%, why would they drop all of a sudden? You see, the, the answer is they wouldn't. So what that tells us is we've got this kind of uh, benchmark right around 5%. So if the argument is the yield curve is dead and it was wrong, well, you would have to wait until the curve is no longer inverted. And that would be a result of the 10-year going back above, let's say, 5%. Let's remember right now the curve, the 10-year, excuse me, is right around 3.7%, 3.8%. Okay, so that would mean it would have to go up another 120 basis points in order for that curve to steepen out and get above zero to where it's no longer inverted. How would that happen? Think about that. Since 2020, we've had an increase in M2 money supply by well over 25%. We've had a destruction of global supply chains. We've had supply shortages, extreme supply shortages. We have had inflation go up to 9.1% year over year. And that's the government's numbers. And after all of, in fact, and then we've had the Fed take Fed funds from zero all the way up to call it 5.25%. All of this has happened. And, and oh, by the way, we're still running trillion dollar deficits. All of this has happened. And yet the 10 year is still at 3.8%. So if the 10 years at 3.8% after everything I just said, what would need to happen in order for it to go higher and not just higher up over 5.25%. It's really a head scratcher as I'm scratching my head, right? 
Because if an increase in M2 by 25% won't do it, what will, <laughs> right? So the probability of that happening is incredibly low. We would have to see inflation really start to pick back up again. You know, let's say it's at 3% now. Talk about headline CPI. Excuse me, guys. As you can tell, I've got a cold here. I'm really trying to work through it. But we would have to see inflation, headline CPI, go from 3% to 4% to 5%, 6 7 all the way back up to 9 And even then, the 10-year might not be at 5.2. It, it didn't get there in the past, so why would it get there in the future? I mean, the past times when we saw inflation at 9 plus percent. So you really have to kind of come to the conclusion that it would take some sort of extreme, extreme inflationary event. And then the question becomes, how likely is it for us to get that extreme inflationary event or what would cause that prior to a recession? Because I would agree that that is likely, meaning the government comes in and does you know, massive deficit spending. We're talking about a CARES Act 2.0 that's 10 trillion instead of 5 trillion or you know, something like that. But that would be after a recession has already occurred. That would be the response to the recession. And if we get that, then the yield curve is right, not wrong. So I would suggest thinking about it in these terms. In order for the, at some point in time, the yield curve is no longer going to be inverted. We know that for sure. So the only question is how does it steepen out? You got one of two options. So then you have to think through the probabilities. One option is the Fed drops rates back down to where the two-year is lower than the 10-year. Or the other option is that the Fed fund stays relatively close to where it is right now, and the 10-year goes from 3.7, 3.8 back up to 5.5 or 6. Those are your only two ways that the curve is no longer inverted. Those are your two options. So you've got to ask yourself, is there a higher prob probability of option one or option two? Meaning is there a higher probability that Fed drops rates or is there a higher probability that the 10 year somehow goes from 3.8 to 5.5 or six? And that's why I'm very comfortable in kind of pounding the table, if you will, for the last nine months, that if you want to play the probabilities, you've, you've got to be a little risk off right now. You've got to be a little risk off. You've got to understand what has happened over the past 60, 70 years, for heaven's sakes. And that's got to be your base case, regardless of what unemployment is doing, or regardless of how many people are telling you that the yield curve is dead, and this time it's different. Because we have to remember, they say that every single time. <laughs> they said that during the dot-com bus. They said it during the GFC. They said it during the Cervasa sickness. And they're saying it again right now. And I can promise you, they'll say the exact same thing in the future when the curve inverts, whether that's the next three years, five years, 10 years, et cetera. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. If you want to find out more about this stuff, we talk about it all the time on Rebel Capitalist Live, or excuse me, Rebel Capitalist Pro. That's the investment website that I have with Chris McIntosh, my good friend, Lynn Alden. You can check that out at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. See you in the next video.